Which next step is the best fit for your future? What can you do to accelerate your professional development? And how should you navigate different workplace challenges? I'm Kyle Gantos, and our team is on a mission to crowdsource insights, best practices, and action plans from accomplished peers, all who began their career in Big Four, to help guide you wherever you want to grow. All right, I'm excited for today's episode, the topic of innovation and the importance of creative problem solving and how to how to unleash that ability within ourselves, specifically in the context of accounting and finance and consulting. I'm here with three really, really cool people. And uh, let's start off with some introductions, uh, beginning with, you know, where you started, what, what you've done up to this point. Sarah, get us started. Yeah, I'm Sarah Richter. I work in people development here in Bark. And before that, I spent some time um, at EY doing audit and then came here, spent some time in consulting and now get to solve problems in the people world instead of the accounting world. Um, Yeah, that's me. Yeah. And I'm Jonathan Willis. Uh, I started out my career as a teacher for sixth and seventh grade remedial math, went over to PwC, worked in their tax department went over to a smaller accounting firm called Weaver and worked in their audit department. And then I came here where now I work as a business transformation manager. Awesome. Uh, Jason Larkin, for those of you who have listened to previous episodes, they keep having me back. Uh, Isn't it awesome? (laughs) Um, For those of you who haven't met, uh, serve as our Dallas market president and also uh, national head of hospitality. Started my career at Deloitte Audit, spent three and a half years there, then moved into the consulting world, spent about nine years um, in consulting, moved over to Embark. Uh, I've been with Embark for over two years, had the opportunity to serve as our market president, uh, work in capital markets, focus a lot on IPO transaction type work, and now uh, moving into the hospitality role to help ensure as we grow as a firm, you know, continuing to take the problem solving and the ability of how to engage with clients and scale that uh, as an organization. So excited to be here with y'all. Well, welcome. Um, had an opportunity to work on webinars, podcasts, and internal initiatives with each of you. So uh, this topic's near and dear to me. I've got a, a big entrepreneurial background. I, I kind of get bored with status <laughs> quo. Um, and that's that's where I get a lot of fulfillment. But I think we should probably start with, uh, and whoever wants to take a stab at this question, how do we even define creativity, creative problem solving, innovation? What does that even mean? Yeah, I think that that's, that manifests itself in different forms. I think when most people think of creativity, they're thinking of something more artistic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, myself included, will say, well, I'm just not somebody who's very creative. But creativity manifests itself in many different forms. An example I like to give people just because... I like a lot of different things and history happens to be one of them (laughs) is I talk a lot about the Romans and about how creative we think the Romans were, but they really just stole a bunch of stuff from other people. And they just thought like, what's the best way to make this thing work and work with what it is that we do well? And are there things that we see that can be improved? And if the answer to that is yes, then there's a solution that exists somewhere out there that's, well, how can we make this thing better? So yes, artistic creativity is important, but there's also other forms of creativity that work and that can resonate with just about anybody. I had an economics professor who I cannot remember his name, but he always used to say imitators make great innovators. And uh, when you just said that reminded me of that. Sarah, what is what is creativity mean to you? Well, I think like Jonathan, a lot of times our brains want to go to being a painter or a musical artist or something like that. And I'm none of those things. You do not want to hear me sing, even though I have a microphone in front of my face. Um, but for me, like creativity can be almost anything. And for, I like my creative outlet to be humor, like getting to drop jokes into a conversation. That's that's a creative outlet. Um, I think listening to everyone's backgrounds, we've all worked in different spheres, but there's always problems to be solved and there's always new ways of looking at things. And so I think there's creativity and just saying, yeah, it's been done that way before, but can we come up with a new way? Can we come up with a better way? Um, or maybe just new f- for the sake of being new. That's kind of, sometimes I do that. Well, I, one of the things I think that's interesting when you talk about new ideas, right? And something I've realized over my career is what may not be new to you, may be very new to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so leveraging the experiences that you have and saying, hey, what about X, Y, Z? Oftentimes people will be like, oh, that's a really creative solution. And it's like, it goes back to what you're saying, right? Like, how do you leverage history? How do you leverage your experiences? 
and apply those to the facts and circumstances you have in front of you, like that results in some of the most, quote, creative solutions, when in reality, it's just stepping off of previous experiences and applying them to the current situation. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I mean, what, what you were talking about, Sarah, was, um, I don't think I've ever heard that before, but but like creativity can be a way to insert a little bit of, you know, just make even the experience yeah. that you're having change it up a little bit, laugh a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I, haven't, I don't think I've ever thought of it that way, but every experience I've had where you've been leading something, I'm recalling how you made it more fun. Jason, with, with what you were saying, it seems like not only experience can help you see that, yeah. see things from different angles, but even like having no experience yeah. in joining the conversation, you can contribute something. Yeah, it's having that mindset, right? And you know, being creative just means challenging what's in front of you. And is that the most effective way to achieve the desired outcome, right? And sometimes that means you don't have any preconceived notions and you're asking questions to understand what are we really trying to achieve? Sometimes it does mean tapping into previous experiences, but I think having that mindset of how to be creative, i.e. not just default to what everybody else is saying or what the planned approach is. Where do you think this, this uh, like self-imposed limitation of I'm not a creative person, where does that come from? Deep within our souls. I mean, <laughs> I think you see creativity in others. That's like the standard idea of creativity. And you think, oh, well, I can't do that. Or that I don't have that skill. Or, well, that's really creative. Um, sometimes it's hardest to see our own strengths, too. But like, oh, like you said, you'd never thought of humor as creative. And for a really long time, I didn't either until my dad brought it up. He's like, oh, yeah, my creative outlet is jokes. It's where I get it from. Um, and so I think just that perspective shift on what creativity is, is so impactful to be like, oh, I can be creative. I think a lot of it comes to from, we talk a lot, a lot internally about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. So the idea of things being, I'll call it binary, where it's, I am either this thing or I am not that thing. So I am creative or I am not creative instead of thinking about like, well, I'm creative in some ways or I'm not creative in other ways, or I look at things this way and maybe people who have been labeled as creative in the past have all thought about things in one particular way and you don't look at things through that way. But that can mean that you're creative in other ways and you could exist in a creative space and bring new ideas to the creative space because everybody's thinking about things in this one way that everybody's always thought creative people think this way. And then it's like, well, actually, you can have creative people who think in a completely different way. And that would be creativity that they're inserting into this space that's considered creative. So it's like, it, yeah, there's 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 this idea that 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 is that is a fixed value and that cannot be improved upon but that's also something creativity is something that can be something that's improved upon through figuring out what your approach to creativity is going to be or defining for yourself like what does creativity look like for me and then defining like an approach to your creativity within that and then hey like how can we get better within this space rather than thinking yourself as like well I'm just not creative so like I'm just not going to I'm just not going to do the thing anymore mm. You know what quenches creativity is judgment. And we judge ourselves like, oh, I'm not that, or I should be this, or I should be that, or that idea isn't feasible. We don't have the resources. It's like when we put the cap on things too early, we we stop ourselves from innovating and creating because we've placed a judgment on something. Oh, well, we could never make that work here. But if you just let that idea run out, yeah, you may not be able to get that version of the idea, but iterate on it, refine it to where you can get it. and. Yeah, I think judgment from ourselves and from somebody in a meeting, like, let's cut this down to the decision. Oh, that let's not waste our time. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of judgment that plays into it. Well, and there's, well, it strikes me then that there's like, there's really no limitation other than our own confidence, our own, you know, what, what we might place on ourselves. But it also seems like it, it would be difficult to, let's just say you were in one of those meetings and somebody was like, well, we don't have time for this. What is the cost of that? Like, what is the cost of just saying that? What What is the cost of inaction? Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's it, within every choice, we think of things a lot of times as being, we get to a choice and we have to make a decision and we go one way or we go the other way. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes we'll punt that decision down the line and we'll say like, oh, well, I'll cover that at a different time. But then to your point, what's the cost of me having not made that decision within that moment? What's the cost of inaction? And oftentimes there is one. 
I was talking about that in the context of meetings, right? So you have individuals that sit in meetings and, and I'll tie it back to creativity about, you know, they sit in meetings and are worried about coming up with a creative solution, right? Or presenting, hey, what about X, Y, Z? And so there's a concern over judgment, right, mm -hmm. of that comment. And one of the things I was talking about is, well, think about it the opposite way. What if you sit there for an hour and you don't say anything? And at the end of the meeting, people are like, why was Jason in that meeting, right? Like he didn't add any creative value to that conversation. And so part of being creative is being comfortable asking questions. Maybe you don't frame it as like, hey, this is the creative answer. But hey, have we considered, have we thought about what would be the implications if we did X, Y, Z, right? Like mm -hmm. that can collectively result in a creative answer without you even being the one that necessarily said, here's the fully baked solution that can contribute to creativity. That's the yes and people, yeah. the people who like I've, I've had the experience of working with people, you know, if your creativity is a sail with some wind blowing in it, they come along and they poke holes. And they take the wind out of your sails. They say, no, that you can't do that. Or that would never work. Or they find all of the reasons why something shouldn't work. Yeah. Then I've worked with some amazing people who are yes and or no but people who say, yes, I like where you're headed. What if we tweak it and go this way? Or I'm not sure about that, but what if we, and they add, they're accretive to your idea as opposed to like shutting it down. But I think even if you are a on the opposite end of that spectrum. Like instead of a yes and person, if you are somebody who does find faults in things, that's oftentimes a good place to start for the creativity. Mm -hmm. Well, this idea won't work because of X, Y, and Z, but but like we could adjust it around these things. Okay, so you have yeah. identified a problem that needs to be solved mm -hmm. in this point. So how do we go about resolving said problem? If you're thinking about things in terms of, well, that's going to be a limitation and that's an inherent limitation and we're not going to be able to change it and it's yeah. fixed and that's it, then, okay, yes, that takes the wind out of the sails. But if you sit there and you think, okay, well, that won't work in this situation because of this thing. So what could we do to address that? Even that in and of itself is adding value to a conversation where it's, okay, we're trying to move this thing forward and we're going to have to deal with that problem at some point in time. It's just a question of, do we identify it early and address it early on? Or do we get down the line and then all of a sudden something pops up and you're like, yeah, I knew that was going to be a problem, but I never said anything because didn't want to like slow anybody down. But like there's there's ways to navigate that where it's yeah. bringing this up, let's address it and let's move forward. And that's creativity in and of itself. Yeah. I heard somebody recently um, talk about American Ninja Warrior and how that's a mindset of um, using obstacles and constraints to propel you forward as opposed to holding you back. And so thinking about people, these yeah. are our constraints. This is what we have to work with. But how can I use these constraints creatively to move me forward to get to the top of the little tower in American Ninja Warrior and jump across the lily pads or whatever it is? No, it's amazing. You could take the the same group of people, right? And I'll, I'll just to tie that back in, thinking of what is it, Apollo thirteen, right? Where mm -hmm. it's like this: these are the, something changed that nobody maybe could have predicted, and now we find ourselves here. We got to come up with a solution, and then all of a sudden, you take all these these people and look at what they come up with. So it's, um, but but nothing can happen if if we don't speak up. Yeah. Um, in the context of you know big four audit consulting, what are some from your different lenses, what are some instances where you, you know, see barriers in terms of people unleashing their their creativity or fully contributing? I think accounting typically attracts a particular type of person, <laughs> right? Like, and it's and it's we're like we're all accountants, like we know, like we like, and a lot of us chose this situation because of those exact reasons, and that particular perception is what continues to draw people. It's usually well, not particularly inspired by just about anything else, this is a pretty safe profession for me to go to. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to join that. Not really a creative person. Again, you're putting all these definitions on yourself, defining yourself, putting yourself in a particular box where you're saying, this is what it is that I look like. And this is how fixed I am in these spaces. And so now through me telling myself these things, I've manifested that. So 
I am not a creative person. I don't think of creative things. I'm given um, guidance by the AICPA or through tax law, and I will work within the constraints of those things. That's what we're used to. That's how we're used to approaching problems. Well, what does the tax law say? And then you come into consulting, which is an entirely different world because you're operating in a space where there are no borders. And it's a question of like, you show up at a client and the everybody's been telling you, this is the problem, this is the problem, this is the problem. And you get in the middle of it and you're like, that's not the problem at all. It's this thing over here. Well, now how do you go about shifting the entire mindset of everybody on the engagement to deal with the actual problem rather than what has been defined as the problem in the first place? So that's a very difficult space for us to navigate because we're so used to working within very confined and constrained places because we think of ourselves in one way. But now you get into a space where that doesn't exist. So how do you, how do you operate when there is no guidance? You're going to add something, Jason? Yeah, when I think about the big four or audit in general, right, and the perceived lack of creativity or I think where people struggle in that, I think a lot of it boils down to the structure from a firm wide, like from a firm perspective, right? Like there is an environment of here is a checklist, here are specific rules. And so you have the accounting literature, which can be viewed very in a very rigid way, not that it necessarily should be, but that is one interpretation. Then you also have firms and organizations that say, follow this playbook. And they're doing that to create consistency in the audit experience, right? There's an intentionality in take this, do these steps to ensure a specific outcome, right? And I think when you think about consulting, you think about Embark, you think about hospitality, right? It's how do we create a environment where people understand a mindset that when you think about consulting, right? How do I understand what the actual problem is? How do I ask real questions to then come up with the solution to the problem in a creative way? But inherently, you have to be given the freedom to ask questions, to poke around, to try things out, to look in different lenses. And that's going to result in a potentially universe of different outcomes. And an audit, it's there's one outcome. You have a sheet of paper with a signature on it that says the financials are free of material statement. <laughs> in consulting, it's 8 million different outcomes. And so it, it requires a level of problem solving and it requires a different mindset to be successful in this world. I do think we need to add a disclaimer that we're talking about creative problem solving, not creative accounting. Yeah. Uh, very different things. One of those gets you put in jail and one of those is helpful for working. Like we don't want Enrons over here <laughs> making up rules as you go. But yes, operating within like the rules laid out by the government, solving creative problems. Retweet that. Yeah. <laughs> Just disclaimer from Embark, we're not advocating for creative accounting. <laughs> You do bring up a good point, though, incentives and consequences. And who's who's in charge of creating that environment? Mm-hmm. You, you talk about the firm like we have a, we have a playbook. You talk mm-hmm. about industry. This is these are regulations. But then, you know, what at what point do I need to take personal accountability for just having the courage to speak up and ask a, a question that maybe the room will laugh at or maybe mm-hmm. somebody will appreciate the fact that I just came at it from a different angle? Yeah. And I think there's still opportunities to be to operate with a creative mindset, to be an innovator with an audit. Mm -hmm. And I think it boils down to continuing to ask, why are we taking this approach? What, you know, what are we actually trying to achieve? Ultimately, we know we have to audit the specific areas, but you don't have to just do exactly what was done before. That is the easier thing to just take the procedures and replicate them, but to innovate that process, you still have to achieve the same outcome, but how can we do it in a different way? Or how can we approach it that there might be a different way. There might not be, but at least approaching it with that mindset in and of itself is creative innovation. With what we were talking about in terms of creative accounting, like how do you get into creative spaces within accounting, should I say, and then how do we get creative whenever it comes to auditing? There's the whole component that Jason just mentioned, which was understanding the why behind what it is that we're doing. So every time that I'd go through and I'd have to teach uh, somebody who's coming in as an auditor, what they were doing, where it always start is, what is the risk of this account? Mm -hmm. And then, okay, if that's a risk for this account, how do we address that risk? Okay, now think about what it is that you're doing when it comes to this work paper. What's the point of the work paper that you're doing? 
And then it's like, okay, so now as we're starting to think through these things, take a look at that work paper and go, is that the best way for us to go about doing that work paper? Mm -hmm. Or is it just same as last year because we know everybody's going to sign off on the fact that we did it this way because they signed off last year, they're going to sign off again this year. But thinking through that through a lens of, is this accomplishing what our actual goals of this are? And then understanding that things will change from year to year, right? So spaces will be different. Uh, economic environments will be different from year to year. And what are the risks that are associated with those types of things? And then um, um, understanding like even within the accounting literature, like what, what does GAAP actually say at the end of the day? It says that what we're trying to do is accurately state the financial stability of your company. You still have the freedom within GAAP to make a departure from GAAP if you're sitting there and you're going, GAAP actually doesn't represent this in an appropriate way. And so there is a better way for us to do this that will get people who are decision makers at the end of the day, making decisions off the financial statements that we have. Like we have a duty first and foremost to the people who are using these financial documents. So let me think about it through the lens of the people who are using the financial documents. Do they have the information that they need to make an accurate decision for this company based on the information they have in these financial documents? If not, okay, we need to rethink what it is that's going on there. So again, just approaching things through the perspective of what's the purpose of anything it is that I'm doing? If I think about the purpose of what I'm doing, then I can sit there and think, okay, just because I have a method in front of me, is that method the best way to go about achieving what it is that I'm trying to achieve? Yeah, I think you're you're hitting on um, the Bloom's taxonomy triangle. That, oh, I, I don't know what this is. Yeah, please, so please enlighten I me. I might need to be fact checked on this, but it's like the there's levels of learning, okay. and the lowest level of learning is knowledge. Then you get comprehension, application. I think there's analysis, synthesis, and at the top is creation, like create like creating. Um, fact check on the the order there, but um, th it's like you can't creatively solve problems unless you first understand the problem. You can't come up with new ways of thinking about things unless you have the baseline knowledge and have done some analysis. So I think to skip steps for, you know, one through five and just start jumping to creativity, it's never going to work. So I would, especially those younger in their career, be patient as you learn and get the foundation of knowledge before you start jumping to the creative side. Like that comes with experience and with exposure, because uh, you have to understand the bigger picture before you can operate in those constraints. And, and there's and there's a way even within that space to develop that, which is just continually to, like I think it's you who said it before, who was like, I ask why five times, like in order <laughs> to be able to get to what the root cause of this thing is. Yeah. So it's sitting there in that space and somebody tells you to do something and not necessarily in an annoying, obnoxious way, but going in and asking them why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And then once they give you the background of like what it is that you're doing, then, you know, you've done that enough times and now it's time to ask the why behind the why, like to continue going further and further back from that to continue to scale out and go, okay, what it is that I'm doing in a particular moment, while that may be a very small part of a much bigger project, here's the impact that the thing that I am doing has. And I need to take that into consideration when I'm doing everything else that it, that it is that I'm doing. So you may not be able to go like full on creative, but you can at the very beginning start building upon your understanding of those things to work to a point where, oh, okay, now I've reached a point where I understand these things and now I can approach them from a creative lens. Mm -hmm. We've reached the midway point of this episode. Are you enjoying the conversation? Be sure to subscribe so you never miss out on wisdom that can help you work smarter to level up faster. Speaking of which, have a follow-up question or future topic request? Email us at podcasts at embarkwithus.com so we can get to work on creating content that'll help you get wherever you want to grow. And now, back to the discussion. I think as you're saying that, I'm, I'm thinking of a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Just um, And I don't know where that, that comes from, so I can only speak my own personal experience. I, I feel like I've always just been curious. You know, whether I knew nothing about something and started with like, well, what does that even mean? Or whether I knew quite a bit and was challenging it or challenging another idea. I'm curious, is, is did either of you have similar experience? Is that something that comes natural? Is it something that maybe at some point you changed and it started coming out of you? I'm just lazy. <laughs> 
Like, on, no, honestly, like what I would do every time an audit started was we would get our PVCs from our client. I take all the PDFs and I throw them into Acrobat Pro and I'd run them through a text filter because I was not about to look through 700 pages looking for a specific word. It wasn't going to happen. It was no, I'm going to find that as quickly as I possibly can. It'll take a little bit of extra time. But you know what, like at the end of the day, that's going to get us to what it is that we're trying to do a whole lot faster. So when I, I think there's a portion of things where if you're honest with yourself about the things that like you're willing to push on and like the things that you're not willing to push on, and then a lot of times what what I always approach people with is this concept of whenever you're sitting there and you're banging your head against the wall going, there has to be a better way to do something. Usually there's a better way there to do that. Yeah, there probably is. <laughs> like it's, it's not rocket science. So yeah. it's just, it's a lot of people look at things through this perspective that is, well, you know, it's just going to suck and like I have to grind it out. And it's like, yeah. well, kind of, but not really. Like there's probably a much more efficient way. And if you find that much more efficient way to go about doing things, if you ask this why, if you understand the purpose of this thing, then you can go about finding a way that does this a whole lot faster. And guess what? You've just saved yourself time. And not only have you saved yourself time, you've saved somebody else who's paying your hourly rate an amount of time, or you can be reassigned to go do something else. It's a more useful amount of your time. Yeah. Like, Sitting, just sitting there and thinking through. I don't know. Sorry. I'm so, so lazy people make great innovators. Yes, honestly, <laughs> it's, yeah. Honestly, it's, a, it's, it's. I think. I think it's like. I think it's Bill Gates said something. Something along those lines where he was like, "I love hiring lazy people because they will find the fastest way for us uh -huh. to get stuff done." Mine is. Mine is from the lens of. I look at everything, every interaction, every conversation, anything that anybody brings me to, and it's like, how can that be better? Right. Like, and it, um, my wife doesn't love it, um, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I've realized that like, that's my default is like, I will walk into any conversation and I'm like, well, we could do that. And that would make it easier. That would make it better. Right. Um, and I think it's inherently where you apply that. Right. And as I've progressed in my career, I've been able to refine what problems I need to solve. Right. Which ones ultimately okay, that's as good as it's going to be. But for a lot of things, it's like, okay, how can I make this better? And then developing the tools and the skill set to actually enhance it, as opposed to just saying there has to be a better way. How can we find a better way? How can we innovate? How can we come up with an alternative way of doing things? It's even if it's just 1% better, right? That's better than what it was before. And so that, like, that's how I approach just as a default behavior, everything. And I think how the um, creativity and problem solving manifests itself for me. How about you, Sarah? I mean, I, I'm hearing, you know, I, I feel like I, that resonates with me and I don't know that I ever chose that. I just like, I've always been the annoying person who asks yeah. all those questions. Right. Yeah. But you know, Jonathan's talking about, you know, being in a situation where it's like, you know, this, this kind of sucks. I think there's a better way to do this. Is there, how, how about you? What was your evolution or were you just, is this just how you've been? I, I think my favorite thing to do is learn. Um, I love That's a to shocker. learn. Yeah. My, my role is learning and development. <laughs> Found the right seat. We yeah. got here eventually. Uh, but I do, I love to learn. I'll learn about anything. And I think what's fun about learning is you, you start at point A and you make your way beyond like you, you're, that growth mindset that we've kind of all hit on. Um, I'm not good at it right now, but I will be as I learn and as I try new things. And so for me, uh, I can remember not connecting the dots at the time, but the most energy I got when I was in audit was when I had a blank Excel sheet in front of me and had to figure out like, we need, we have a brand new account. We have to audit. What do we do? And that was just so fun for me. Cause there was nothing to just default to because I'm lazy too. Like, oh, I'll just roll forward the word yeah. paper. But when that's not an option, I had so much fun and got so much joy from creating something from scratch. And then, you know what, the next year, that work paper I created, it got better because we had a starting point. And so kind of like Jason is saying, enhancing on the things that are already in place. Um, and yeah, not being able to settle for just okay. Like things can always be improved. And so yeah, I think there's some just a love of learning has given me that desire to make things better over time. Cause yeah, each rep you get, you get more knowledge. That's sort of what you just took us there. How, how once you, once you see the, the positive outcome of that 
process? Does that does does the confidence to keep doing it and maybe do it more often and or even how to do it more efficiently? Does that just kind of naturally compound interest? Yeah, I think Embark is a environment where there's freedom to fail if you're failing forward um, to try new things. Like there's never been a moment where I doubted if I tried something and tried to learn from it and grow from it, I was going to be reprimanded or yelled at or told Mm -hmm. that, why the heck would you try this new thing? So I think there's some cultural aspects of just like having that environment where you're free to fail. And so in my big four example with the blank Excel sheet, I was free to fail because nobody had a clue what we were doing is this blank Excel sheet. Um, So yeah, I think there's just that room and that environment that leads to learning. I think there's also a component that is that recognition of what it is that you just did was creative. Mm-hmm. Like the light bulb moment yeah. of you you might have been doing things that are creative this entire time, but you just had zero context for the fact that that was a creative thing that you were doing. And somebody coming up and going, wow, that's creative. Then all of a sudden it yeah. opens up an entire new space. It's like, oh, that's all it is that I have to do. Oh, that. OK, that's easy. I can do that all day. And then it's like. All right, then that can build upon itself. But I think a lot of it comes to the recognition of you you have to get that in the real time of starting to understand and recognize in the moment, like what it is that I am doing is something that is creative. And that's a good thing. And let me exist in this moment and let me move forward with this thing in this moment. And it doesn't have to be the big things, right? Like I think about I'm going to I'm going to use innovator instead of creative, same, same desired outcome, right? Like innovating audit. That doesn't mean like all of a sudden you, know, you walk in, you have one conversation and the audit's done, but you can innovate audit by tweaking one little process or procedure on how you audit cash. Like that is innovative. And I think we think about, um, or at least I personally thought about like innovators is like this, they come up with a brand new company, a brand new industry, a brand new way of doing things. It's like you can be innovative on a daily basis through the small things and still be an innovator, right? Still be creative in the way that you approach things. And I think that's where, for me, I always viewed other people as creative who come up with like the huge big ideas. And I've come to realize like, you can still be creative in your own small way through minor tweaks to things that other people are doing. Like putting pineapple on pizza. Like putting pineapple oh, on pizza. Genius. Innovative. Genius or, or horrible? <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. I like pineapple I, on pizza. I, I like it too. I was, Sarah, I'm curious. Another way to frame this, going back to what you said earlier about like inserting your sense of humor mm-hmm. in a presentation, that's not necessarily changing what you're teaching, but it's making the experience more fun. Yeah. Um, how did that evolve? Like when when did when did you say like what what happened for you to say you know what I'm I've taught this a hundred times or was it just something you've always kind of like how can I that's who this she better? is yeah I can't help it honestly <laughs> my role even at in my big four job was to have fun on the team. Um, like I can't even keep my mouth shut if I'm somebody else is teaching and I have a joke, I have to say it out loud. So that, that's not one. It can't be taught. You're just born. with it. Dang it we're that's not, we're, we're not all born as funny no, as Sarah. That's my, that's but, my takeaway. But I do think that it, there is something to be said about yeah. like, be who you are. Yeah. I am goofy and I like to have fun, but if somebody else sees that, if I teach a training and they're like, Oh, I have to do that. No, don't, don't put on somebody else's clothes, like be who you are, lean into your own strengths. And so maybe somebody's really good at coming up with analogies on the spot, use analogies to teach, like lean into what you're good at and continue to grow those things, like find new avenues to apply those things. And I think that's where you'll have the most success in being Mm -hmm. creative, right? Is staying true to yourself and the skills that you possess, right? We can all bring different, skills to solve a problem creatively. Mm-hmm. So what I what I've heard is curiosity. Yeah. Um you don't have to disrupt. It can be incremental. Like you can you can just do something a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. For somebody who's early in their career and maybe they maybe they would if you know if we were chatting with them right now they would say, "Well, I don't think I I don't know enough or I don't have yeah. any creativity or I'm kind of boring. I don't have that sense of humor." what are some environments that they can put themselves in or how can they cultivate or or maybe get to the point where it sounds like a lot of this is going to happen at some point through your environment changing or just like i'm some i i need to entertain myself or 
you know, this happened, everybody, you need to come up with a completely new solution for survival. What are some ways you can accelerate that or develop that confidence faster? I think there are plenty of spaces where you have the ability to be creative and you don't realize you have the ability to be creative. Accounting is not unique in this perspective. So what I think would be the most important thing is to choose something that's something that you're interested in Mm -hmm. and then something that challenges you. And as long as you have those two things, then you're probably going to be in an environment where you're going to sit there and you're going to be faced with challenges where it's this thing isn't working. Why is this thing not working? And then it may take somebody coming up to you and going, well, did you try thinking about it like this? This doesn't work because you're thinking this way, change your mindset to think about things in this way. And now all of a sudden everything opens up and it goes, oh, wait a second, there's that. Now take that back into what your job is and sit there and go, okay, if I can challenge things in this way, if I can look at things through this and it revolutionizes everything it is that I'm doing when I'm having fun, now when I'm at work, how could I apply that same thing and how could that be fun to me in the middle of something that's relatively mundane? You're in a leadership role you know, at company ABC. What are some ways that you can create a culture where you you take a you know, a team that's doing well, but bring some of that creativity out of them. I think celebrating the wins is important, right? As small as they may be. You know, we go back to something, you know, we were talking about earlier about, you know, when you do it once and you realize like, hey, that that worked well, right? Um, Making sure that you're celebrating, acknowledging that you're not shooting people down when they do have a creative solution that's maybe not a good idea because not every creative idea is actually a good idea. But if true, we learned that. But if you celebrate like, hey, I really appreciate you trying to challenge what we're doing. Here's why ultimately that doesn't make sense for where we're at. But maybe you could consider X, Y, Z, right? Or maybe, but creating that space where people can lean in in their own way in their own time and when they do really celebrating that reinforcing good behavior right? i think we spend so much time calling out the bad behaviors don't do this don't do that but i think if we switched it and we said as leaders that is perfect that is awesome thank you for doing that i appreciate you showing up i appreciate you contributing to the conversation right and you reinforce the good behavior the individuals around that are not having that behavior will inherently want to do that so that they get recognized in that same way, right? And I think that simple shift in mindset about celebrating that, I think creates that environment where everybody wants to do that more and more. I think there's also a portion of like what it is that you said where you're talking about celebrating wins, it's redefining what a win is. A lot of times we look at that as the end results of a particular process, but sometimes it's just the doing of steps within a process. Hey, you tried this, didn't work out, but hey, that was great that you tried. Like we want people, we want to encourage people doing these things, taking if there are risks to take that are appropriate risks to take um, (laughs) and taking those types of risks. But celebrating parts of the process and not just celebrating the end result of that process. Yeah. That's awesome. How about organizationally? I mean, you're, you're in learning and development. Is there, what are some ways that an organization could either measure or, or, you know, systematically foster new levels of creativity? Wow. <laughs> 30 <laughs> no seconds. Well, no, yeah. I think putting people in positions where they take time to be creative. I think one of the things that organizations struggle with is they're so busy with just trying to execute the thing in front of you that you don't take time to pause and reflect. Is the thing we're doing the right thing? Is it the, you know, is it the right thing to be doing? Is it the right way to be doing whatever it is that we're doing? Right. And as an organization, organization, if you can create space where people can press pause, that allows them the opportunity to potentially be creative. Yeah, you know, it's really hard to be creative when you have a lot of interruptions. So I think like understanding that time that you step back. I love to block my calendar when I'm doing creative work and say, I'm not going to take any meetings. Like if I have to be really creative, it needs to be first thing in the morning. It needs to be uh, uninterrupted. And like you you have to kind of like 
there's some flow that needs to happen there. Um, and then I think even on an individual level, focus on what you are, not what you aren't. Yeah. Like play to your distinctive strengths. We had the privilege of talking to, well, we didn't talk directly to, but we got to hear from Drew Brees. And he talked about, you know, he's six feet tall, uh, never going to get much more weight on him. He's a small quarterback. But what he was, was really intuitive in the pocket. And he mm. leaned into his distinctive strengths, knowing he could sit there and think, oh man, if only I could be 6'6", then I would be amazing. But instead, he's never going to be 6'6", but what he could be was really good in the pocket, understanding, yeah. having the intuition, knowing the plays better than anybody else on the team. And so focusing on what you are and not on what you aren't, because you're just going to waste your energy if you focus on what you're not. Yeah. I think you... You both bring up great points. I, I know, you know, one example, I guess Google, like yeah. they know they made like a day a week or a four hours a week, something like that as like, that's just part of what you do to foster new ideas. Um, and then even what you're saying, there's certain types of work where it's, it's, it's impossible <laughs> to be creative when you, you've got constant interruptions or noise. Um, well, let's say somebody has uh, an idea that is very different from the way either an organization thinks or it's very different from historically the way an industry is operated or even just a team or a process. E each of you has been in a leadership role. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned something like risk or, you know, ROI. How do you, let's say you have a creative idea. Is there anything you need to be mindful of in terms of the way you present that in order to get other people who you might need to enable or support that? To, to be a little bit more open-minded to it, even though initially it sounds, you know, that's very different than what we do. What you're, I think, identifying right now is a problem that needs a creative solution. So with that, something to keep in mind whenever you're dealing with those situations is thinking through what are the points where people are going to press on that? What are the points where people are going to oppose that? And trying to address the fact that these things are going to come up. So for example, you were saying, well, how do I go about approaching these things? And immediately what my mind to with the, how you phrased that was, how do I communicate this to people? Communication is mm -hmm. such a huge portion of everything it is that we do. We could expand this out past this conversation that we're having right now, <laughs> but how do I, I have an idea. How do I communicate that idea to somebody else in a way for them to be receptive to the idea that it is that I have? So working through, how do I effectively communicate these things and recognizing that as being its own problem that needs a solution and then saying, okay, I've got this idea. Let me put all these different things together. Let me work out this thing. And then now as a portion of that, I understand that if I do not communicate this effectively to people, they will not be receptive to it. Let me work through the communication aspect of this and make oh. sure that it is phrased appropriately. So that way somebody then will be receptive to that. Yeah. I would just add, um, maybe on an overly practical way, but patience and kind of maybe incremental change. Like sometimes people can't handle change all at once, but there's ways that you can break it down into bite-sized pieces and kind of gently guide people towards that big change that feels a little bit more manageable. Um, my learning and development partner comes up with amazingly innovative ideas all the time. Shout out to Ben. Um, <laughs> But sometimes I'll just say like, hey, I love that idea. How can we break it down into smaller pieces? Because I'm not sure people are ready to handle that. Because like mm -hmm. he's amazingly out in the clouds. Um, and sometimes you just got to break it down a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I love how, I love how, you know, even within the challenge of getting that idea to market or to next step or whatever, even that's an opportunity to be creative. Yeah. So there, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no end or beginning even really before we wrap up, is there anything else, you know, any best practices, tips, uh, ways to approach it differently, or I don't know, what would you say to your former self to get you to be a little bit more aggressive earlier on in your career? I think we had a conversation before this on this exact topic. And one of the places that we got to as a portion of that was the concept of perfection. Well, why would I go through the process of doing something if somebody out there is going to be better than me or somebody out there is going to be more perfect at this than I am or not even doing that if this idea isn't perfect, if this idea isn't those types of things and trying to understand that 
a lot of what we're talking about right now is through the idea of growth. That just because something isn't perfect doesn't mean that you didn't improve upon something and that your entire life you're going to spend it improving upon the day before. So when Jason was saying we're 1% better, or as I often say, 1% less worse than you were the day before. <laughs> it's very then, creative. <laughs> then um, then you're, you're moving in the appropriate direction and you're not going to see changes in one day where all of a sudden you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm amazingly creative. I come up with all sorts of creative solutions and I listened to this podcast and it was incredible and like now I can do anything. Chances are that's not going to happen. But like <laughs> what can happen is you start by taking small actionable steps towards let me try to, I come across a problem and in real time, I sit there and I look at the problem and go, is there a creative solution to that problem? And even if it's only one time over the course of a month, that was still one time over the course of a month more than what it is that you did before. And then now next month, you could approach it with two days or something along those lines and just keep building on that over time and understanding that the intent of everything is to continue to grow in that. It's not to be perfect right from the get-go. Yeah, I find that tough uh, at different points especially on social media, you look externally, there's this illusion that everybody else is ahead of you or doing something better. And, um, you know, there's there, I think there has to be some like internal driving force. Like I want my day to be a little bit more fun or I want to bring my own little touch to this. And that's perfectly fine. And a lot of times what you have to do with that stuff is I've, I've literally done this where I sit down with a book and I sit there and I go, what are, what are my goals? Like, what, what am I trying to do? Is my, do I want my day to be more fun? Am I just like tired of every day feeling like the same thing that it is over and over again? Okay. We need to add variety. We need to add fun to the day. Where can I go through and do that? How can I be intentional about what it is that I'm trying to do? And then going through and coming up with a plan to execute on that. And so many times it's, you don't have to have the answer right away, but you do have to be able to go through and identify where are my problems? What are my goals? Like, what am I trying to do? And then sit there and reverse engineer that and go, what are the steps that it's going to take in order for me to get there? You're, I mean, you're a, a few just random questions coming up. Like, how, how can I bring my team closer together? Get creative with it, right? Like, how can I make teaching this a little bit more fun? Mm -hmm. Insert a sense of humor to it. How can I inspire a culture of creativity, reward, recognize people for doing yeah. things? Um, Sarah, what, what would you, what would you leave us with in terms of just any words of wisdom that, that we need to incorporate into this? I wish I knew who to attribute the quote to, but, um, I'm really needing some fact checking today, but, um, <laughs> I saw a quote recently that says doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. And so I think just don't be afraid to get it wrong. Um, don't doubt yourself, but also just Failure is a tool that leads you towards success. I think I wish I could say his name. You guys might have to help me out. Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That. Yep. That's an amazing name. Freak. I just it can't do it. works out better. Uh, but he had that awesome video that came yeah. out about failure just being steps towards success. And so creative problem solving inherently has the risk of failure and you're going to get it wrong sometimes, but it's going to move you forward. Oh um yeah just try stuff don't be afraid to get it wrong i want to real quick uh, before we yeah. end with your you answering that question what is i'm putting each of you on the spot but what is <laughs> the worst thing that's ever happened when you failed i didn't learn from it i lost a little bit of money a little bit painful at the time but in the grand scheme of things what i learned allowed me to make money and and enjoy life more I can't answer your question because I'd probably get like too emotional. We just need an entirely separate <laughs> podcast for that. All right, Jason, I'll ask you, uh, bring us home with the same answer. Any, any final words of wisdom or something we needed to add to this to make it richer? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that Sarah and I have talked about um, on this specific topic, um, and I'll attribute some of this to her, um, <laughs> trying to attribute, uh, attribute things to people appropriately. You know, I think... Creativity is not a individual sport. And so I think part of it is engaging with other people to come up with creative solutions, mm -hmm. right? Um, I often say I have halfway decent ideas that I talk through with people and they make them a hundred times better, right? And that is creativity is the notion of, it doesn't have to be just me. It can be an entire team of people 
that ultimately come up with the best solution. And you can create space for that if you surround yourself with the right people with the right mindset and you create that space for true creativity to occur, you can really take some incredibly good ideas and make them great, right? And so it's not, this is not something that you need to think, oh, I've got to go stare at this in a room by myself to come up with the best answer. I think what I have found in my career is um, very rarely do I come up with something that's great on my own, but man alive, when you surround yourself with the right people and the right mindset, you can do some pretty creative and innovative things. Having gone through a, an exercise with Jason and Sarah, um, just getting feedback on a presentation. Yeah. Um, I think at some point in my life, I had maybe more creativity than an open-mindedness to get feedback to challenge my own creativity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that I think that that would be another thing that I would add is yeah. just, uh, you know, if you have that creativity, get it out in the world, but it can only get better the more feedback you get. And if you yeah. can get people to buy into it, now you have people who are actually help you execute on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have awesome. another quote to yeah. add there. Oh my gosh, please. I think this one's Steve Jobs again. Just <laughs> We need someone to fact check me across the board, but um, I'm trying to attribute, but it's focus more on getting it right than being right. Yeah. And, and that's really, I think, the crux of it all. Yeah. Get to the right answer, but it doesn't have to just be all you. Yeah, 100%. Well, I hope we accomplish that today with this episode. I really do appreciate each of y'all time and insights. Uh, let's do it again soon. Uh, Jason, it's part of the contract to have you back. I think yeah. we'll <laughs> every other episode, right? that's, that's going to happen. But uh, Sarah, Jonathan, Jason, thank you so much for, uh, for an awesome show. Thanks, Kyle, for hosting. Thank yeah, you thanks always. for having us. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. I hope you got a ton of value from our panel and choose to transform their insights into action and unstoppable momentum. If you have a follow-up question or a future topic request, please email us at podcasts at embarkwithus.com. That's podcasts at embarkwithus.com so we can get to work on creating content that'll get you wherever you want to grow. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on wisdom to help you work smarter and level up faster. And lastly, if you're a repeat listener, consider supporting the show with a five-star rating so those algorithms can expand our reach and impact. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being here. Cheers.